Hello, you're listening to the Sports Box Podcast. I really, really don't know where we're going to go this week with this show. There's, it's almost as if there's just been not enough sport to talk about. Like, It's one of those weeks where you just look at everything that's gone on and think, is there any point in doing a podcast? There's barely any sport. So, you know, we'll do our best. So with myself, Sam Limber and James Bale is, is here. Bale. Do- Hello. I'm here. Caught any sport the last few days? I mean, there's not really been much to follow. I mean, I've just been watching a gratuitous amount of Wimbledon. Obviously, the most important sport this week was the F1, uh, which is obviously uh, this weekend just gone. Yeah, it's good. Good. Yeah, cool. Good, good race. Good race. Yes. That's good. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, and, and Reese Morgan's with us as well. Have you really, is there much sport been on your radar? Because we really have been scraping the barrel this week to find anything. Oh, yeah. I think I've been kept busy. I'm, I'm sort of still basking in the afterglow, to be honest, of uh, the sport I've watched. Uh, yes, I think it's been a very, 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 very good week. I mean, a lot has happened since we last recorded, even. I mean, it's crazy, to be honest. Crazy. Mad. It, it really, really is. Like, I mean, what a week of sport. What an unbelievable week of sport. If Let's you get just, excited. If, if we just ignore football for a moment, you said F1. A hell of a title race. Well, not yes. a title race at the moment. One bloke's just getting away with it, and it's not the one we expected. There's been Wimbledon. There's been some great tennis at Wimbledon this year. There's been uh, the British and Irish Lions. Loads of stuff going on with them in South Africa. Good and bad from COVID point of view, but it's been going on. England cricket had to pick an entirely new squad because they all got COVID. <laughs> And they, they've still gone and won a game. There's the Olympics coming up. So they're finalising teams and people are going out there and there's loads of news about Tokyo. There's so much stuff. Oh, and there's the Tour de France, which I know we touched on last week a little bit as well. There is so much. But then it literally all dwarfs into comparison when England are in a final of a major tournament. What the actual fuck? <laughs> it is honestly mad. I was watching that last night and... I don't get crazy about the England national team. I, you know, it's partly because I've what to uh, woven into my club and all the rest of it. But I just, I was speechless last night watching those scenes at the end of the game, thinking, "This is, this is actually happening." This is. It was just one of those things we always accepted as football fans in this country. Yeah. That England in tournaments, are oh, we always think, "Is it going to be our year?" But we know it's not. We're prepared for the failure. We're prepared for the disappointment. We're prepared for the bit of bad luck, the ball over the line that's not given, the red cards, the disallowed goals, the penalties. We're prepared for all of it because we've seen all of it. Everything uh-huh. you could imagine as a way of going out of the tournament. England have pretty much done it. So <laughs> nothing can surprise us anymore, apart from us actually doing well <laughs> and reaching a final. So it was genuinely a, a truly a moment last night to look at it and think, well, for one thing, how has it taken so long? A, a nation of this size from a football point of view yeah how has it taken since 1966 to reach a major final again but also just just taking it in and thinking wow yeah this is actually momentous this and it might be that england get to a couple of finals now in the next few years you never know this Mm -hmm. might just be the the 
the start of it. But we'll always remember this one as the the moment where we go, wow, this really has never happened in any of our lifetimes. <laughs> no, and, exactly, exactly. And for some of us, our parents' lifetimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is mad. It's absolutely mad. So we're going to have to start there because obviously last time we recorded it was we'd... Uh, Ukraine was still in it. (laughs) Yeah, we started the quarterfinals, and that was a breeze in the end. And, yeah, and England are there, beating Denmark. I, someone else talk, because I, as I said, was lost for words last night. Bale, did you you see, I know we've, on these last few weeks, we've gone between, you know, wanting Germany, and then we were like, come on, come to the England side. Are you being swept away with it? Are you getting excited, Bale? No. Oh no! What are you doing? Feel a vibe in the country, surely. surely. We've, uh, uh, we've got to, as per broadcast rules, have a nice uh, equal debate. We can't show favoritism, so I'm being <laughs> he who does not show favoritism. I mean, right? In in all honesty, England England got through with quite a scummy win. In all brutal honesty. <laughs> It was an own goal. Yes, our bite. It was going to be scored by Sterling, regardless of uh, if Simon Kiar was there or not. Uh, and I, do, I did shout at the telly. That's a FIFA sweaty. Um, <laughs> as Saka like whipped that across in front of Casper. Um, yeah. I thought the best player on the pitch was Casper Schmeichel by an absolute complete country mile. <laughs> um, in, in he he well, kept Denmark in that game he, he for way game. longer than they should have been. Yeah. Um, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was an absolute beast mode enabled. Um, yeah. <laughs> in, in terms, in terms of attacking, I think Harry Kane's positioning is, you know, uh, on par with the uh, lost Travolta meme, um, because he <laughs> right for a centre forward, me. right for a centre forward, the amount of time he did not spend at centre forward was yeah, that's insane. Part of his game, but That's it's shit. If you've got no, really fast works. players like Sterling and Saka trying to cross yeah. balls in, or like Luke Shaw trying to cross balls in, and your centre four is just ambling around in midfield, it's like, well, okay. no, I've, no I've, flipping wonder you're not going to get more goals. I mean, I'm, I'm making myself feel ill doing this, but I, I'm going to defend him slightly because. Oh no, you can't. That his well, performance no, um, was awful. Well, no, his okay, penalty so was a shocker. Yeah, his penalty was terrible. The only reason but, that okay. the only reason that went in is because Casper should have parried it left, not try to catch it. Yeah, like a pleb. Okay, so, but he was blinded yes, by his, a laser. So yeah, his penalty fair. was bad. And uh, there have been multiple times this tournament where I've been like, for goodness' oh, sake, Kane why is, is forward Kane nine is in the middle? Shit. He's so overrated. I, generally, I agree. He's but so overrated. Him dropping deep is actually what created that first goal. That ball through for Saka, Completely. and that's that's where yeah. having the pace of Saka and Sterling. But then you're missing you out on having the spearhead. You are a little bit. They're you part, are a little bit. Because but, I'm right. England's football uh, was that, ugly. If, if you're going to play Kane, ugly, ugly football. Kane, you have to have the speedy players. So in terms of yeah, Kane's, can't do Kane's choice. No, he can't. But that's why he's flanked by he's those 40. players. And that's why the Grealishes and the Fodens haven't played as much because you need to have the legs around Kane to make up for the fact he can't run. Mm. But what he is doing when he does drop deep, and that's why he was so crap in the early games, because he wasn't doing any of that. At least when he's dropping deep now, he is actually linking things up a little bit better and feeding those passes through. That's why, you know, it was so 
irritating that he got the uh, most assists last season because he was dropping deep and punting it over the top for Son. But that's because Son can run and Kane can't, but it worked. And he's finally kind of got in tune with the fact that, oh yeah, Saka and Sterling are actually quite quick. And Mm -hmm. if Luke Shaw bombs on or Carl Walker bombs on, that's that's useful. And the, the emphasis is then on Sterling and Saka to whoever's side they've gone down, they make the run inside. So there was one, I think, in the second half where Saka nearly got on the end of a short cutback. And yeah, obviously, yeah. Sterling is probably going to bundle it in if it's not an own goal from Saka's. That's yeah. where that's yeah, where the danger could be created. Yeah. So that's the pattern of play they're trying to create. And yeah, there are moments where I get really irritated by Kane, obviously. Um, mm. But that but. is where that, that pattern of players is trying to do. I mean, I sat literally in the same spot as I am right here this time last week. And I listened to the three of you say Calvert-Lewin should play over Kane. And since then, he has been involved in nearly every goal. And he's got two man of the matches. And I just cannot believe you guys were rooting for Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin wasn't even a substitute last night. It's Harry Kane. He's brilliant. Can you not see, Bale? <laughs> no, I, 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 I still think Calvert-Lewin could have started another good game. No! Uh, at, yeah. at, the end, at the end of the day, Kane is, Kane is crap. I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah, he's, he's, he's a 40-year-old man masquerading as a 27-year-old. And it's like, right, you're a 27-year-old striker. You should have at least have a bit of pace on you. And bloody Slabhead had more headers on target than Harry did. Like If, you, if you're you meant to have like a big centre-forward presence at the front of your attack being on the end of crosses, why the hell are you relying on your centre-back to do it for you? Like, come on! It's an alternative viewpoint. Like, fucking now, hell! Now you've, now you've mentioned Slabhead and... I mean, to I, be fair, Slabhead should have scored twice, but, you know, Casper put in an FA he's Cup final a great performance. Time of it, well, I was going to say, I have been, again, not not his biggest fan and, and don't really see the hype around him and thought he was massively over, uh, hugely uh, overpaid for by Man United. Um, and maybe I haven't watched enough of United games in the last year. But this tournament, he still throws himself to the ground and whinges too much. But when he defends and all the rest of it, you can completely see... Oh, he's awesome. Why he has to be in this team when he's fit. I think he's had a great tournament since he's come. He's given he came back awesome. with an injury yeah. and was not fit at the end of the season at all. Yeah. He's, oh, he's God, been yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I take everything back I've ever said about the guy that was in jail, Harry Maguire. Like, he has been... He's worth it. He's, he's worth it. He's absolutely... I, I even felt confident, weirdly, the Czech Republic game, we were already through. But when he came back in that, even just when England had the ball at the back, I'm like, I'm, I'm more confident now. The confidence that he exudes with himself, the way he comes forward, he passes, he's an amazing header of the ball. I don't know how he doesn't score more goals, as we touched on, but I'm all all for him. I think Luke Shaw is amazing. Like, where's he been? Like, he's who been knew? Great. Well, he, he, did, he did have his leg broken in a Champions League yes. game, then got a bit fat and has now yeah. actually turned into an but, exceptional well, footballer. I, no, I he then, he then got Mourinho. That's, that's what yeah, mean. that's but what made him when he's fat. on the ball... He attacks like I'm. I can't wait yeah. when he gets the ball. He goes forwards. He's not one of those defenders who are like, you know, we've had plenty of defenders at Arsenal who are like get to position. All right, we'll pass it backwards. This guy is like, I'm going to be an attacker here. I'm going to go for it. He's amazing. So you've got the the Man United Man City divide in, in the in the defence. I tell you what, I always I've always been a fan of speed. I love Kyle Walker. He's been brilliant as well. Like they're really good players. Do, like do Kyle any Walker, of do any of his you recovery watch? Recovery is amazing. Do any of you watch a YouTuber called Yanomize? 
No. I, I know of him. He's the bloke who wraps cars, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, right. Look at Carl Walker. Look at Yanomai's. They He's are so they are frigging identical, <laughs> except one wraps cars and one's a professional footballer. Yeah. Um, I've it's always quite thought funny. I want Carl Walker in my team. When I watch Mad City, that, that sort of recovery run where if, the, if a guy's going in behind, he will always catch up with them and overtake them and get it back. Yes, he could be a bit silly, but most, you know, nine times out of ten, I'll take him. <laughs> I mean, I'd absolutely, you know, this thing about we watch a lot of Arsenal over the other teams. I absolutely would take Harry Maguire every single day of the week. I'd absolutely take Carl uh, Walker. John Stones, probably, you know, maybe. But those guys, yeah. that I, uh, I'm also just generally, all these players are so likeable. I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm on my own here, but I, I like all, I'm looking at a picture of this bundle that they made and I'm like, Calvin Phillips, what a workhorse. I mean, he's amazing as well. They're all amazing. <laughs> they all work yeah. so hard. I'm just However, I'm thrilled. However, England's <laughs> football is ugly. Uh, it's so ugly. Okay. It There's is, no attacking well, football unless Saka's got the ball well, or Grealish has got the ball. And it's yeah. just like... This is this is true, but we've we said it a lot on the podcast that they've looked at how do you win a tournament and they've analysed how they did it in Russia. Yeah, by pissing me at, off. That's how they win a bloody tournament. Maybe, but look at the teams in the final. Italy, because they're fucking brilliant defensively. Oh, England it's, it's have Italy. only conceded one goal all tournament. It's Italy are going to penetrate us hard. <laughs> well, it might be a tough game, but it's gonna, look at the two I teams in the final. England have a bloody open L. Uh, you, you say that, but you look at the two teams in the final, ignore yeah. what's going to happen in the final, but in yeah. terms of being successful in yeah. the tournament, it's the two teams with the best defences. And yeah. that, ultimately, you Although... can play great attacking football. And you look at the t- attackers we've got and you think, yeah, wouldn't it be fantastic if we did it with a bit more flair and style? But if we did that and we left Jordan Pickford exposed, I mean, look, he almost threw one to the opposition last night and his kicking <laughs> was terrible. What I did make me laugh when the commentator last night said, Pickford's kicking is normally so good. I'm like... Have you watched him before? His kicking's dreadful. He can kick it a long way and that's it. Doesn't mean he kicks it accurately at all. But (laughs) the fact we've only had Jordan Pickford concede one goal all tournament is because we set the defence up and the team up to be so solid. And that is, as I said, they looked at how do you win a tournament and... Mm. Yeah, certainly earlier in the tournament it was pretty boring. I do think the attacking the attacking has got better as the tournament's gone on. Like the Germany game was a big one for I think when we got the breakthrough and scored two there, and then Ukraine obviously there was a lot of headers, but still was more interesting attacking football. And then I think yesterday, yeah, there was nerves everywhere, but certainly in the last twenty minutes of the game and extra time until England scored, England were attacking and making the chances and having the shots like. Yeah, over 20 shots. Over 20 yeah. shots in the end in that game. For yeah, England. so, so I think impressive. England have improved in that during the tournament. And that comes from Sterling playing well and actually getting Saka in there um, and having a bit more direct running. But it's like, yeah, it's not the thriller minute football, but it's, it's tournament football. It's how you win a tournament. And England have never been good at that. Like we've, we've had previous tournaments. You look at Euro... 2004 and when Wayne Rooney broke through and he was fantastic and England were playing some really attractive attacking football there was one game I think we put four past Croatia in the groups and it was really good to watch Mm -hmm. and then it got to the knockouts and we got done and that's always what happened if we Capello we just played shit football and then got done in the knockouts anyway no didn't did we even get out of the groups that was (laughs) shit around but we have played slightly better football or tried to We've ended up getting knocked out, and 
you know, now we've got the attacking players and the individual quality of players to, even if we're not playing the most expansive games, still produce those moments, produce the moments of quality to create chances. And the other thing is having those options off the bench, like oh my to word. be able to bring on Grealish and Foden and other people that can then change the game makes a huge difference um, while not conceding. And that's, Gareth Southgate has got the recipe right for tournament football. Yeah, I have two questions for you two. Yes. Question number one: Should it have been a penalty? <laughs> no. And <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes. And question number two: um, What do you re- do? You reckon we will win? When I say we, I mean England. Do you reckon England will beat Italy in the final? Well, I'll, discuss. I'll, we'll do the penalty. See one first, and I think we'll, we'll chat a little bit about Italy and then get to to, to the final. So, but uh, so race penalty. You say yes, then. Why? Oh, why yes? I, I think it's. I really don't see the debate. I genuinely don't. I think in real have, time, it looks like. Have it. you not um, seen Lord Wenger saying it's not a penalty, and he is Lord yeah, Wenger? Yeah, but I've also seen the um, VR, VAR output uh, angle, and yes, there is a, a knee that collides with the upper thigh of Sterling on the right hand side, and then the second person takes it out with his body on the left hand side. So I'll find the video. I'm absolutely. This is. I don't think even. I really don't. And also, the referee only sees it once lifetime. I know we can have the video, but live, the momentum of him running. Yes, we know he does go down. I, I think it's, I think it's an absolute no-brainer. And, and actually, Sterling did very well to avoid the second ball on the pitch and concentrate on the ball that was in play um, and dribble around yeah. the other ball that was on the pitch. I genuinely, I'll find the video. I think there is definitely enough contact. Okay, so I think. <sighs> Uh, well, again, in real time, when it first happened, because you do see um, Mailer, I think, is the defender. Mm. It looks like he has a little bit of a swing at him, a little bit of a trip of him. So in real time, I was like, that's got to be a penalty. He's tripped him. Yeah, done. You know, from angle, <laughs> I thought it was a foul. It's When you see the second one, my, my view is that if you kind of flip it around and do the, the classic test of if that went against my team so if that was given against Arsenal in a final or something like that I would be fuming I'd be absolutely furious so I could so I that's I'm doubtful and it's also one of those where if the referee doesn't give it VAR's not overturning that they're not going to look at that retrospectively if it's not been given and then tell mm. the referee to give it so that is it's one of those grey area ones where if he doesn't give it it's not going to get overturned but he's given it so they've kind mm. of it's it's but, the same with the cricket review. It's the umpire's call. They're not going to overturn it because it's not a, an obvious. But isn't that the contact. answer? Isn't that the answer that you've actually said they can't overturn no, it because no, they can't there is contact? It. They can't. No, they can't overturn it. But the answer is that it's it's either it's not a definite penalty, but it's not an absolutely wrong decision. It's it's one of those <laughs> where you whichever way you look at it. The re- in a way, it's one of those referee can kind of justify which, whichever way he gives it. Like they yeah. say, it's always such a hard decision for the referee, and you go, "Well, that one's not really," because whichever way he gives it, you can kind of go, "Oh yeah, I can see see why he's get, given that." That's why, as much as we uh, say it's frustrating as hell to cut to Peter Walton, you think the biggest like TV moment in ages yeah, exactly. in the UK, England yeah. getting a penalty is like. Oh, uh, we'll go to Peter Walton. I'm thinking no one wants to hear from Peter Walton at this point. And his is, oh, 
it's a 50 50 i'm like well that's not useful is it <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah. he's actually right because the referee could literally give a penalty or not give a penalty there and you could justify it and get away with it so yeah. I, it's it's the flick yeah. of the coin it's kind of gone for england on that on that instance yeah, and obviously, as you said in your intro, it's been our time to maybe get one. Um, but if you see that video that I've posted in the group, genuinely, that is an absolute penalty. The guy on the right-hand side uh, takes him out with his knee, and then the guy on the left-hand side takes him out with the top of his body. So I think that angle, as you can see, is the VAR output. That's the one that they were looking at to confirm yeah. it. It's 100%. <laughs> and I, yeah. I think it gets even more of a penalty the, the faster you speed it up because he's taken out. But yeah, yeah. I... I, I, I I know yeah. it's not one of those where it's like a two-footer and you're like, wow, why did he do that? No. Yeah. yeah. But as, yeah. as I said, if the referee hadn't given it, it wouldn't have been overturned and we could have maybe said, oh, yeah, but mm. we, couldn't, we wouldn't have really complained about it. It's not yeah. like we'd have gone, that was the reason we didn't get through. We'd have gone, yeah, but it, you can see why the referee didn't give it. So, but let's, it was... speak, let's speak about Raheem just quickly because he deserves so much credit. I mean, I, again, you know, I didn't like Maguire, didn't like him, didn't like this, didn't like that. Like, I, I just went on pure stats. I thought Raheem Sterling has scored two goals since February. How on earth can he make it into the team? He has been the player of the tournament, or at least for England, he's been the player of the tournament. He is just the amount of energy that guy has. He was still sprinting in extra time. And I'm like, this guy is the impetus. He's the guy who gets it forward. He Again, back to the Germany game, when that was sort of like drifting at nil-nil in a pretty aimless second half when nothing much was happening, he decided, OK, I'll go forwards played it into Kane, he passes it out, he gets in the middle. And it's no mistake that he's always in between the two goalposts to tap it in. You know, I always get like, I always roll my eyes when I see Sterling score for Man City. Oh, it's another tap in. But that's part of the game. He's been, he's, he's, he's mastered yeah. it. And I just think, what a guy. I, I get, again, it's that thing we've, we've almost, mit, we don't really pay attention to these guys when they're not playing for your own club team. But I'm all on the, the Sterling. I'm a massive, massive fan of him, what he does, like just him as a person, what he's been through. He's been through a lot in his life. And to be given this chance on this stage, I, I, I just, I'm so happy for him. I think he's phenomenal and Man City shouldn't sell him. Yeah. No, I, I think he's been great. And as you said, you kind of looked at, it, well, you looked at the second half of last season, you wouldn't have had him down as the starter, but no, um, Weirdly, the fact he didn't play so much for Man City is probably helping him have a good run in the England side and actually stay fresh and play these long, long matches and, and basically be the one that's not getting subbed. He's, he's so important yeah. that Southgate subbed the sub in extra time to change his shape last night, but wanted to leave Sterling on, even though he played the whole game, for his yeah. pace, for his energy. And that tells you oh. physically the position he's got himself into. So, Irreplaceable. No, I agree with yeah. you. I think, he's, I think he's been great. So the final um well sure that actually got there because that in itself what a semi-final that was against spain but i i don't think it was quite i uh, saw some people saying it was the greatest match like the, the new wembley and all the rest of it i'm like it was really really good it was a high quality excellent game of football i don't think mm. it was like the best game ever uh, some people were going a bit over the top but it was a fantastic game of football really kind of interesting two kind of contrasting styles um, great penalty shoots out as well with loads of entertainment in it. What do we make of that game before we get on to Italy as a whole? How did you see it? I, I, I see all games. Good. Um, <laughs> what did you think? I... is pretty good, isn't he? Yes. Chiesa! He, is. Chiesa! he very, very much is. Um, I think overall it was a good game. Um, 
I think Italy were the deserved winners. They were definitely better. Um, well, I don't know. I think they were in all right. But Spain, Spain started very heavy, but then Italy were just binding their time, and then it, they were just Italy pounced. had seven shots in 120 minutes. Doesn't matter. Still one. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Still okay. one. I mean, I'm, um, I'm, 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 I'm digging into the stats a bit here because I know, I know, Bale loves his stats. And I, I yes, do, possession and passing on stats. everything, and obviously, and obviously, Italy were happy for Spain to have possession, part of the game plan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Spain did have double the number of shots. Um, they had triple the number of attacks, as you <laughs> stats uh, calling them. Um, they had six corners to one. They attempted over 900 passes. Wow. Uh, I think. Wasn't it Pedri in midfield finished the ninety minutes with like over fifty passes and a hundred percent completion or something? Yeah, um, yeah. something Mad. ridiculous. Um, you know, so from that point of view, Spain, you'd say were not well, kind of the team that were driving that game a little bit. But Italy always had such a threat; you always had to be really wary of them. Um, but it was, it was, it was just a high quality game. I thought, like both teams who have kind hmm. of got got to themselves in that position in a different way. Like Spain have kind of felt like they bumbled their way through a little bit and that they were <laughs> essentially going to get to the final after only winning one game in the tournament in 90 minutes. Um, doing the whole Portugal thing from t- uh, five years yeah. ago. Um, yeah. And hmm. Italy just have this incredible run going at the moment where they don't know how to lose. Yeah. I, I do think it was an example of it doesn't have to be 3-3 to be an amazing game. And I think also yeah. since we last recorded we had, especially the first half, the amazing Italy-Belgium game, which was just like a thriller minute. I mean, that the speed, I think that's where yeah. I completely agree, Bao, is that England can look very dull and boring when you think, look, we're at the same point as Italy are and Italy can do that against Belgium. And they were just electrifying. And that's why I'm a bit disappointed that I'm not going to be able to enjoy an Italy win because generally, ever since the first game, I'm be like, I love Italy. I mean, it's just that idea of attack after attack after attack. Yes, it was only Turkey, but like when it was like went to 2-0, you'd imagine, oh, we'll just pass it around the back. No, let's go for more. And, and really only in the last sort of 20 minutes, it's where you go, that's when they start rolling around and it gets a bit, you know, that sucks. But other than that, <laughs> other than oh, the last yeah. 20 minutes. Oh, I forgot the last 20 minutes against Belgium. Where the first yeah, we, no, we can't laugh. We can't laugh at that. We can't laugh because they will do exactly, well, not the strike on the floor, but I've been talking about the last 20 minutes. The last, when they were ahead um, and just trying to close the game out. And mm. obviously, they will do exactly the same to England if they're in that position. But, <laughs> and we shouldn't laugh because it can be frustrating, but it's you have such a kind of free-flowing, end-to-end, ebb-and-flow sort of game. And the last 20 minutes, Italy just went, fuck this. We are going to make this scrappy as hell. And giving away fouls, just slowing the game down, every every trick in the book, mm-hmm. Donnarumma like, oh, I've got to take my glove off because I've injured my hand. <laughs> you know, yeah, that sucks. E- yeah. Everything, all the tricks in the book. So of like in the last 20 minutes, it was probably, the ball was probably only in play for like seven or eight minutes. Oh, no, yeah. And, and Belgium a- had their last shot in the 84th minute. Yeah. Which, so you that know, is, yeah. That's Italy. That doing. is top level shithousery, is what that oh, is. Oh, unbelievable. That's Premier <laughs> League shit. That, you know what? Well, that's Champions League winning shithousery right there. Unfortunately, oh, I is, love yeah. it because it's funny. And also, Chiellini, like, bear hugging Jordi Alba. Absolute hilarity. Uh, what a guy. lad. Chiellini looked I mean... freaking high as a kite. <laughs> I mean, we're, look, we're, none of us are body language ex- experts. We don't, you know, we haven't studied this sort of stuff. But 
going into that penalty shootout, you could kind of get a vibe as to which team was feeling it and which team wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jordi Alba trying to be really serious, and Chiellini is just like, this is going to be banter. Let's have a... it's like this a... is going to be banter. Almost like a park shootout, but he's just got the end of the five aside. Like, okay, lads, we'll just do a shootout for a laugh. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even that would probably be more tense because it's embarrassing if you miss a penalty and like kick about with your mates. <laughs> Trust me, I've done it in a shootout, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will contestify. The bar was yeah. not high enough for me. No. <laughs> uh, no. Can confirm. Rose so, is your uh, friend. Yeah. So <laughs> But well, Kialini's just there like I love oh, Kialini. Don't matter this I... the semi finals, just have a laugh. I mean he is four hundred years old and is a Roman centurion. Man, oh, we bloody he's love a legend, him. isn't he? I mean, yeah. can you believe that he? What did he do? He did his cruciate knee or something like that at Fuck thirty-five, yeah. and is coming like, back yeah. to that level. He got injured in this tournament and he's come back. <laughs> like yeah. I thought when he got injured in the oh yeah, he did a hamstring or something. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's him over. But no, he's. I love his personality because sometimes you get those people that will be like all show when the ball isn't in play, and then when it is, there. I I generally think I can like him from minute one to to end. I really think. He keeps up the sort of like when he's like at corners, if he's defending, he will joke with the striker. And then if he's coming up to head one, he will have a joke with the defender. Like he's just generally having a good time of it. And I think, yeah, yeah, I'm all for him, actually. I think he's a good one to have. You know, because Sergio Ramos is like not as nice as that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Two things. Number one, Santi Cazorla just having a laugh and a joke and grabbing people's thighs. <laughs> Yeah. Number two, Thomas Muller winking at any camera he spots and having a right giggle, because yeah. you need you giggler. need more banter players just to yeah. just to like make all the boring dull ones like at least I yeah. like, have some kind of emotion. I mean, we'll get oh, to it. But... We'll get to another one with um with my my one of one feature because I'm forcing it in later. Um, right. Oh yeah. The, the yeah, joy yeah, of we'll the joy of Chad of the week. Um, oh yeah. So who has been an absolute yeah. right chat? But he's gonna he's gonna eye up Harry Kane and he's just gonna do him. He's like like he's, <laughs> yeah. he's gonna he bend him over. He's gonna bloody do him. <laughs> he's gonna do him. Like he's gonna do him in the toss. He will. He will he will they will go at that centre, they'll swap their little flags, and then he'll just absolutely nail him, I think. And then he's gonna because he even punched Alba in the face, but because he did it in a happy smiley way, they got away with it. I mean I'm joking, obviously he's just like barely touched him. But he is uh... he is going to set himself and I do think that's a path of the game. I mean that's part of sport. I always think also in tennis, when you get up from your seat to go to the other end, you're setting the tone of where you're at and you're putting on the pressure yeah. by not doing anything. And I think him at the start of the game, belting out his anthem and then going over to Harry, making him really like he'd probably oh, like say, Oh, your shorts are falling down or something. That's the and, like, other thing. Yeah. The England well, anthem is say, drab like, as hell. And then you've got yeah, the Italians absolutely <laughs> fucking belting that shit I, I tell out you what, with the good, passion good of luck. a thousand sons. Good luck to any England fan who wants to boo that national anthem on Sunday. I mean, they will belt it out louder than you can boo trust i mean me italian <laughs> italian anthem is best anthem try, try booing that where chiellini's singing it you're gonna be scared shitless yeah like. it's he, a he really will, good he one. will come and stab you in another life it's like assassin's no. creed <laughs> all over smile on his face. yeah but the, the other <laughs> the smile on your face why, lets me know the other thing with him that me. arsenal got for is he was obviously playing in the uva defense when they at Wembley, knocked out Tottenham in the Champions League. And he kind of gets asked in the post-match interview, like, you know, um, do you feeling confident coming into this game or what were you expecting? Because Juve 
weren't really expected to win that game from where they were. Mm. And uh, basically, he was asked about Tottenham throwing it away, and he's like, it's the history of the Tottenham. <laughs> and you're like, yes. And that what every time now would do something stupid the Chiellini video comes up of him going is the history of yeah. the Todd guest so he's going to be saying that to Harry Kane Kane's oh my god up. he's like you've not won anything is the history of the Todd shoots himself and take an even worse penalty it'll be in his ear like saying stuff you know oh, it's going to be embarrassing if you lose in front of all of these fans it's your home final <laughs> all the pressure's on you he will yeah. get in his head oh so 100% Chiellini and Bonucci just screaming into Kane's ears at both ends yeah. is going to be absolute fucking banter to watch. Just have, Harry Kane just cry. You have Jorginho being a little shit in the midfield as well. Like, I mean, I, I hate that bloke, but he's, he's, he's going to be kicking people. He's going to be being annoying, and yeah. that's his job. And, and then, and then you've got Insignia's just going to run through people's legs because he's so small. Oh, he's a ledge as well. He's will rip people up. Like he's quick. Where yeah. I didn't know that much about him before this tournament, but he can finish and he is quick. Oh, yeah, oh, there, was, there was a tweet going around that said uh, in that Italy game because that's not the first amazing goal Italy have scored uh, at this tournament. And I think someone tweeted, "I'm a bit concerned how all Italy's goals are just out of reach of a small-handed Jordan Pickford." <laughs> like <laughs> the Jordan yeah. Pickford's never reaching any of Italy's goals. The goals they've scored recently—they're just unbelievable. Like, yeah. I, that's yeah. what's so great about them. And also, passionate celebrators. I mean, they love a goal. I mean, they—they're oh, oh, yeah. such great. And obviously, they look so good doing it. And I know, obviously, oh, yeah. we've got the, the polka dot tie from Gareth, which is, is quite a look. And I'm, I'm sure that's sold out now, but. It's uh, yeah, they, they probably have won the styles uh, stakes oh, already. <laughs> well, and they've got the bloke who looks like he's wearing some sort of uh, cheap joke shop disguise in one of the assistants with, with the, the moustache and glasses. Glasses, moustache. Like, but yeah, they absolutely they are, and I think it's 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 going to be a great final. Even if the game's crap, yeah. as an occasion, it's going to be a great final. And I think just uh, from. For of you, you look at European Championships, and yeah, England never make finals, but England Italy feels like two football superpowers, and it feels it yeah. feels heavyweight. It, you know, both teams can wear the traditional kit. It's as That's important. Team in the blue. You yeah. know, it it will feel like it will just have that sense of occasion. I think, which will be just mag just magnificent. So, yeah. um, do we think England will win it? I'm going to go to Bale because I think I know what his answer is. I'm gonna be brutally honest. I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think England. Can, I, I think England will choke, like England do. Harry Kane will, like you know, pull a muscle in his ass or something funny. Thing He'll is, tear tear I, his I, anus. I honestly I, think Italy be have, have been the best team all competition. They've knocked out the best team in the world allegedly. Uh, with Belgium, they've yeah, knocked out. They've knocked out previous World Cup and you know European champions Spain. They've cr been in kind of cruise control, um, obviously through the group stages. And I, I personally think Italy can pr will probably beat us. In all honesty, I think it'll be. I, I think I think it'll be two one, and I think Italy will get two. England will get one. That's what I think. <laughs> See. See, I, I think England can lose it without choking. Like if they lose it, yeah, people could say it's a choke. But Italy are that good a side at the moment that 
England could still play pretty well and play a good game and not win. Like that's, yeah. and I think that could be the thing that happens. England, I don't think will bottle it. I just think Italy, they're just as I said, not used to losing at the moment. They've got on such a roll, and they have kind of yeah. We talked about the shit housing and the defending and everything like that, and they're so good defensively. But they have been able to when they have attacked with a bit more flair, with a bit more kind of. Um, yeah, with a bit more kind of fluidity and stuff. So they've got the balance so right in that team at the moment. That, yeah, they'd be very kind of worthy winners if they if they did get it. Obviously, obviously I hope England do it, but it's it's gonna be it's England's toughest game by a distance in this tournament, and it's gonna. Oh god, be, yeah. Uh, if you look at the route it, it Italy's take, taken, take you look at the route England's win. taken. England have a, also the other thing which uh, it keeps being brought up at the moment. I'm like, oh yeah. Um, how many home games have England had this competition? <laughs> a lot. Six. six. Where was the away game? Scotland. No. no oh, was no. it not? No, it, was, it was in Italy. Oh, it was that in, was uh, it, yeah. The away, yeah. the away game was in Italy. Yeah. yeah. So they, they haven't really gone that far, really. <laughs> no, oh, no, poor, poor no. Denmark went to Baku and back. Bless yeah. them. Mm. Oh, and yeah. that's and that's played a part in it. Undoubtedly, oh, definitely. One hundred percent. We said that the semi-finalists were all people that played all their group games at home mm. because mm. they only then had to start travelling for a couple of the knockouts. So it's um, it's definitely made yeah. a difference. So, race, are you going to be the fountain of optimism and say England are going to do it? It is going to come home. England are going to do it. I think. You know what? I'm really. I was concerned going into the Denmark game. I was concerned about England haven't like conceded first. They haven't had any like thing to. They haven't been behind. They haven't had the adversity. Yeah, exactly. And I think even going back to the 2018 World Cup, they never conceded the first goal in that. And obviously the Belgium when they were lost. But like in terms of when they played Croatia, you know, they, they scored first. When they beat Sweden, they scored first. In the Columbia game, they scored first. And they didn't... I, there was that massive cloud of like, what happens if they don't score first? And to be honest, I think that is why I'm more confident that because they've dealt with that, they've, they've been through conceding first. I tell you what, that nine minutes between 30 and 39 between the goals... That felt way longer than nine minutes. <laughs> like a lot of things yeah. were going through my mind at that point. But I, I just think now that that is that's all. It's a lot of it's in the head, especially when you're at home and you know there's a lot of pressure on them. I think now they know that it isn't the worst thing in the world if we can see it because okay, we'll just go again. And I really do. I, I feared that that was going to stay one nil against Denmark for a very long time. If that had got to like sixty five, even seventy seventy five minutes at one nil. There'd been moans and groans in the crowd, and it would have just they would they would have choked then. So I think that's a confidence boost that they've dealt with that. I yeah. also just think they 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 can also play their part in the dirty side as well. And I think like Harry Kane, I hate to see it, but he did he he did the Man City way when he was in the heart when he was in the attacking half on his own. He looked around and he was on his own. He just turned around, put his back into a defender, fell over forwards. It's not a foul, but he wins oh. a foul. I, I mean, I have to say, it's the Harry Man City Kane. way. Harry Kane can dive so much. Yeah. Like, every time he goes near he the box, he dives. He should join Tom Daly. Like, <laughs> Harry Kane's the worst diver in the England team. People are focusing on Sterling because of the other night. But, no, Kane is the okay. absolute worst for it. Every, every North London derby, you breathe near him, yeah. he throws himself on the floor. He does that backing in thing to get free kicks. Yeah. He, fa- he fouls someone. You know, or jumps in the air and fouls a defender, yeah. but he yeah. makes it look like he's been fouled. He is a fucking cheating bastard. All right. But it's what we <laughs> might it's need. Quite on good when he, it's, exactly. No. It's quite good when he's one of yours. And to be honest, what he was doing yesterday, uh, yeah, against Denmark, that was a complete Man City audition. Pepper's gone, okay, you think, <laughs> like, 
it, it's yes. a complete it, it's now you can play for us you can stop attack you can stop attack wind fouls you can also get us up the pitch if we need to you you fall over he can also as we were saying drop deep play the through balls into the wide people because they love doing that that was a very good man city audition so i do think you know Chiellini will obviously be in his ear but if he throws in a leg kane will try to go down as well so i think we can also win, not necessarily win on the dirty side, but we can play our part in that. But just generally, yeah. I think, and we've generally touched on it as we've gone along, but the idea that in the past, England have had, England have had this expectation because they're called England and we should do well. But these are genuinely good players now. And the, the fact you can bring on yeah. uh, Phil Foden, who's like the PFA Young Player of the Year, Jordan Henderson, who's a Champions League winning captain, like Jack Grealish can go, come on and go off and still bring on a La Liga champion Just, in Trippier. The, the depth of the squad, I actually think, and one of the most glorious uh, few minutes of the game was actually the last three minutes with the 54 consecutive passes that England yeah. kept. And actually, it's like, I, I know, yes, you know, it's the end of the game, but not, I mean, in the past, I mean, obviously, I'm sort of now blending Arsenal history and England history, but in the past... Teams that panic in that situation just bomb it long. They, they, just, they just bomb yeah. it long. We're like, we'll take the next attack. We'll bomb it long, take the next attack. That was the first time that we're like, okay, we can do the other side. We can actually play. And I think now because of that, you know, to go behind and come back for it, they have to use the fans because it's never going to happen again, probably in their generation of, of players. They're going to have to use the fans. So actually, why not? I think England are going to do it. <laughs> there we go. There we bank, go. So bank holidays all round. Bank holidays all round. Are we going to take the day off on Monday? I've got a well, bit of work. I do, actually, I do have the day off on Monday, but there we uh, go. not not because of the uh, the football in, in it originally, but it is a very nice coincidence. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that is coming up on Sunday. The Euros final, England versus Italy at Wembley. I mean, absolutely mega. So. Obviously, we've gone hard at the Euros because that's <laughs> just everywhere in this country. You can't avoid it. And why would you want to? Like, get lose yourself. In it. Oh, one final thing on the Euros, though. I know we, I don't want to make it personal. We'll go on at him. But my word, Sam Matterface would not shut up last night. After last week, I praised <laughs> Guy Mowbray for doing the whole silence as a commentator can be a good thing. Let the pitchers tell the story. Let the noise go. The last ending to the game, it was like Matterface was trying to throw in some line that could become iconic every two seconds. He was mm. just saying everything. It's like, no, shut up. At one, point he told, <laughs> at one point he told the fans to ride it. And I was like, no. <laughs> ride what? <laughs> exactly. No. He's like, enjoy it. Ride it. I'm like, I don't want to talk about you riding stuff. <laughs> oh, God. I, there, was a, there was a guy at work who uh, switched on around eight o'clock last night and put it on BBC One and it was EastEnders. And he said, my heart sank because he knew he had to switch the channel to ITV. <laughs> so, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. I know I know, we've got to put up a genius on, on Sunday in the final. Oh, he's nothing now. He's nothing. But that's he's the fine. thing. I'm like, oh, my goodness me. What a relief. It, uh, the best thing, if you could have had, if you could have merged them and have Guy Mowbray and Lee Dixon, that'd be great. No. I, Lee Dixon's a miserable so-and-so. Come on. Oh, he's I know. He's I... miserable. <laughs> In terms of ex-Arsenal defenders as co-commentators, he's still better than Keown, So, <laughs> okay. um, But yeah, but Guy Mowbray's got to be, he's going to, like, he's the master for it at the, on uh, on Sunday. Um, and it will be fascinating to see the viewing figures. I think it was like, fourth highest um sports event ever in the uk last night was uh, was that final and it's gonna get bigger 
on Sunday night. It, who's, it just will. Who's going to watch the final on ITV, though? Not me. <laughs> I just don't get Good why luck. they're even bothering. I really don't. Because people love sponsor, their ads. I just, I just don't get it. But if you're a sponsor, no one's watching. Like, it's the whole point is like, oh, we'll sponsor you because we'll have X amount of eyes on our sponsor. No one's watching. Yeah, the advertising for the semi-final will have been worth so much more yeah. than the final because yeah. they know that the viewing figures for the final will be some of the worst for ITV across the whole tournament because... Yeah, the coverage has no it. ads. Yeah, and, and, and also on like the ITV, ITV coverage, I... we miss the bloody car. We miss the little remote control car delivering it. the ball. The only oh, good point of the that. bloody game, that the car's back with the silver ball. Yeah, oh, uh, unbelievable. But no, but that's the thing. Like ITV, people will, um, people just not. Yeah, you know, they have got some good pundits this year. Like Kate, uh, Ian Wright somehow ended up last there. Night. Ian Wright's obviously great, um, and all the rest of it. And Emma Hayes was on last night, and she's great. You know, they've got good people, but you're just not gonna, you're not gonna watch that over the BBC. I'd, I'd love um, to see the stats after the game <laughs> of BBC viewership against ITV. I bet ITV will still end up with some because people are idiots and they love ITV for some reason. Yeah, yeah, but, no, they, they will get some, but it's but it's like ninety eight percent of the viewership will be BBC for sure. All day. Well, it's normally like five, four or five to one for the BBC. So ITV will get like 10, 15% of the paper. Oh, God, that's too much. Should I think less. it's too much. I think they might. Yeah, should be it all less. sounded very desperate from ITV <laughs> last night. Guys, come and watch us, please. I need jobs. And, and, to, and as I said, to be fair, that's not because it's not like in the past when you had to have like Adrian Charles or someone. Mark Pugach is a great presenter. And as I said, Keane and Neville and Ian Wright. They're really interesting pundits, and I thought Neville was on good form last night, and Ian Wright's yeah. always good value, and all the rest of it. But just in-game, you, you just don't be watching the biggest game of football in the generations in this country and have Sam Masterface going, we're just going to go to Peter Walton. No one wants that! <laughs> well, I, I, no I think one. it was a penalty, guys. Yeah, well, if you look at the ball, the ball's in the well, net. It's a 50-50 one. Uh, I'm just going to pad talking until they look like I make a decision. Oh, yes, right. I was I right on the it. Ball was no, in the net. no one cares. <laughs> no one wants to hear that in the biggest game of football in this country in in, in decades. You don't need Peter Walton's input on it. So <laughs> it will be the BBC for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, also on the BBC, what a day they've got. They're going to go straight from the Wimbledon final into the Euros final. Wimbledon, tennis has been good, hasn't it? <laughs> Bale, how much have you watched while at work? <laughs> uh, not as much as I could have, um, ah. in all honesty. I've been quite. I've been busy doing stuff. Um I mean, I've mainly been watching it when I came back, and obviously there's been yeah. a lot of rain, which has very much stopped play for quite uh, quite <laughs> a, a while um, in some cases. But it's always quite funny, because whenever rain hits where I am, it's like, all right, in 45 minutes, that's in Wimbledon, that, um, <laughs> which is always quite funny. Um, obviously, sad to see Federer get, just get absolutely dumpstered yeah, by some really young sad. Polish guy. Um, yeah. It's quite sad uh, that Djokovic is still in the competition. Grr. No, um, who actually wants Djokovic to win? No like, one. Exactly. No one ever wants Djokovic to win. No he's one. he's against, isn't he? Against the Polish kid, isn't he? Oh, Shap yeah. Shaparov or something. No, he's, he's, he's against. No, Djokovic is playing uh, Shapovalov. Oh, Shapar oh, I, oh, and of course, Djokovic is against a player who's gone is against someone who's gone to five sets. Of course. 
Uh, so Djokovic's oh, like, look at me, I'm so fresh. Mm. I really just want that Polish kid to just slam the ball right into his chest. I don't know, is that right. just me? Just right, in, a, just right in Djokovic's <laughs> chest. Just to like, you know, be like, where? Yeah. Um, because he, well, he is by far like, the best player in the tournament so far. Like, by Polish. a He's been good. Yeah, the He's Polish been good. kid. I mean, Whatever his if, name is, like, Djokovic... was Wojnishnysk or something, I don't know. Kukach or something like that? Yeah, that. I mean, that, if, that if do. Djokovic doesn't win it, it will feel like, you know, not changing of the guard, but it's a real opportunity for so. that kind of new generation of players in the men's game to... You know, make a statement. There's been one or two that have won Grand Slams. Like, I think Dominic TM's got one. And, you know, people like Dimitrov we talked about a lot in the past. But, you know, if someone like Shapovalov or Berrettini or Hercash can win it, that would be a big moment in men's tennis, I think, if one of those guys could w- win a Grand Slam. And especially something like Wimbledon, which has been, you know, the US Open, the Australian Open. You know, you've had one or two random winners occasionally. But Wimbledon has been exclusively Nadal... Federer, Murray, Djokovic, like for the last yeah. however many years, it's been them. So if any of those other guys win it, that would be that would feel significant, I think. Um, what, yeah. that... Shapovalov is explosive. Shapovalov is at, he was wicked, and he poor Andy Murray, he was sort of served there, wasn't he? Like, yeah, the, the, yeah. the new kid. I completely forgot he had a different hit. Like I, I just yeah, I, I was um, I was actually very fortunate to get centre court tickets that day, so I did see that match live. And what? I, yeah, I know. You kept, you kept that quiet. <laughs> I didn't even know till eight o'clock on the Thursday night that I was going the very next day. Very, very last minute. So a I mad see, whirlwind. See you were in Wimbledon last week. I was, yes. A very, very briefly for the second half of the day. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, uh, what uh, is that? I know. I know. It was crazy. And a, a work friend um, said, I'm just online right now and there's Wimbledon tickets on sale tomorrow. Do you want to get them? It's like, uh, okay. So then we had to sort of like beg our, and uh, we got the uh, boss's blessing that we could both go. And so we took the, so I went in early that day at work and took the second half of the day off. So sort of missed the first game, um, the the first game on, but uh, was able to catch the rest and, and just enjoy the day. But I have to say, being there, sort of the first live tennis since I was like four, when I went, I happened to see a Monte Carlo match, but like, Oh my God, Shapovalov! Like poor Murray, he was just being thrown about left, right, and centre. And also, you realise they absolutely smack the feathers off that ball. <laughs> like I, the I don't feathers. know what the, the fluff, the fluff. It's, fluff, it's not a shuttlecock. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the wrong one. No. <laughs> but the, oh my God, like he is. So I, I was actually quite happy for him because you barely know these players, other than the main four. You barely know the personalities of them. And actually, having the interviews after the game, you go, you know what? I quite like you. And the thing is, everybody's just so, like, privileged to be there. Like, everyone's like, oh, I just can't believe I'm here at Centre Court. And that's, I I was quite proud of that, that everybody wants to sort of take part in our tournament. And it's got so much, you know, prestige. And uh, so, yeah, go on, Shapilov. Go on. Yeah. Of those left, I I wouldn't mind seeing him him win it. I think that'd be, uh, that'd be good. And in the, um, in the women's singles, that's been really, there have been some great games in, um, or great matches in that one. And, it was looking like we were actually going to have, and it's very rare in women's tennis to have the one and two seeds make the final because there's been, there's been so many more than men's because we've had such dominant figures in the men's with the the big four. The women's game has been like so up and down, you know, players that get near the top, then drop completely. There's real fluctuations in the rankings. Um, But it looked like we were going to get one and two in the final with Ashley Barty and um, uh, Arena Sabalenka. 
But Sabalenka went out today in her semi-final against Karolina Pliskova. So it will be a new name on the Wimbledon uh, women's trophy with Barty or Pliskova in the final. Um, but obviously the, the big story from a uh, British point of view was Emma Raducanu, the wild card reaching the, the fourth round, which was astonishing at 18 years of age. She had a few incredible matches um, and just kind of... Well, I think she said kind of ran out of steam a little bit in um in, in her fourth round match. But that was that was an incredible story, the fact that she got as far as she did. Yeah, do you see it on bail? Did you watch that one? No, I didn't, because that was on while I was uh, at work. So I, yeah. I heard about it when I when I got home. It was just like, Oh, our, our girl's out because she's forgotten how to breathe or something. Well that's so, harsh, oh, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean it, <laughs> it was, was kind of in layman's quite... terms, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just watch. like, it's just like, oh, you poor kid. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I yeah. mean, that, there's not many high-ranked players left in the women's draw, is there? Like at all? Well, no, it's it's the number one seed and Pliskova is seeded eight in the final. That's about it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, one v eight. Two left because it's the final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, as it's like one v eight, where normally it should be like one v two, shouldn't it? Um, well, no. You, as but... I said, you rarely get that in the women's, and it was going to be one v two. Um, but Sabianka got knocked out by by Pliskova in, in the final, or oh, semi final. Sorry, I do think though, Emma, that that it was. I thought it was amazing that she even carried on. I mean, like in terms of she asked I for the doctor. Yeah, she asked for the doctor. Like, but you're not allowed the doctor until you sit back down every three games. And hmm. I thought, when someone's health is really at it here, because it was that mixture of like she's going, I'll push on, you know, I'll do it for you guys. I, but actually, no, just take a seat. You know, just don't worry. You know, there's, yeah. there's more important things. And, and I have this thing that almost the hyperventilating thing, I sometimes overbreathe. And obviously I've never been like under that much pressure and under that many lights and, and all the people's eyes, but it was unbelievable to show that like how much she did put into that and she wanted to give it her all. And it was just so sad to see her break down like that because She's taken everything else on her shoulders brilliantly. I think she's a brilliant personality. All her interviews pre-game before that were fantastic. And it's like, we're going to have a great personality to follow because yeah. really our, our women's game has struggled, I think. And it's always that thing of, you know, when the sports bulletin comes up on the radio, it's like, oh, and Heather Watson went out in round one again. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got, this, we've got this new, you know, she's going to have a, a lot of, a lot of uh, pressure. But I hope, I, it, it, I, I think John McEnroe was a bit harsh, to be honest. Oh, yeah. He said, yeah, like, definitely. I, I, you know, it was weird because when I, because he came on, Isabel, if you missed it, he came on to do like the studio guest as soon as the match finished. And it was weird because I was sort of like watching the television, but not paying full attention because I was on Twitter going, what's, you know, I wanted to know what's up with our girl. Like, she's like, there was no news. Like, what's happened to her? What's happened to her? And then I was listening and went, wait a minute. I heard no sympathy there. And I was like, did I hear that right? I think Claire yeah. Baldin stayed very professional to sort of like bat away the oh. question and then sort of, but like, I thought, there was absolutely zero sympathy for an 18-year-old British kid who's just been put on primetime BBC television. And I just thought, wow, there's no heart in this. And that was very shocking, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd put him early toolbox, I don't care, put him in there. Because I, I thought I wouldn't have blamed Claire Balding for going over the desk and slugging him for saying that. I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but no, I, no, I think it was just one of those where you kind of looked at her and thought, you know, she's 18 years old. This is the furthest she's ever got in any kind of professional uh, top tier tennis competition let alone a, a grand slam just any kind of um, top tour uh, top tour competition and you know to be under that pressure because there's not 
no one's expecting her to perform. But under that level of scrutiny in that sense, and that every all the eyes on you, and um, having to wait the whole day as well to get onto your match, you know, you've got the nervous energy building up. You'd, you're playing on number one court, big crowd, all this excitement building up. So you've got all that nervous energy, and then you know you're trying to balance that with being prepared physically for the match. Her body's still developing; she's 18 years old. Like, you know, to be physically ready to play that match, and then you've got uh, under the lights and under the roof, which is a, definitely a little bit warmer when you're under that roof as well. You know, that whole kind of pressure can ramp up on you a little bit. And I thought it was absolutely remarkable, as you said, Reese, that she even played those last few games because yeah. you're looking at the change between sets and you're thinking, you know, she's blowing a bit heavy here. Like, does she need to yeah. go have a lie down? It looked like she needed to go and, you know, have, have a, well, they call it a comfort break in tennis, but a good walk off the court and just, you know, yeah. take some, take some fresh air, take some li- liquid on board, and then the fact she came out and it, oh, it was three 0 at that point in the, in the second set when when they finally stopped it. But the game before that, it went no, numerous juices. And after oh every my god, point, yeah. After it was every like ten point, minutes I long, thinking, I was thinking like I almost at that point I was thinking just just lose the points and go and lie down, please. I just want you to go and sit down because she, you could yeah. see she wasn't wasn't you know her body was letting her down a bit in that situation but just she would not give up and it was the rallies they were playing and I'm thinking, yeah the long rallies how yeah. how are you playing that when you cannot yeah. breathe and you should be like it was astonishing as <laughs> she kept going yeah and, yeah. and like mm. yeah and that's why people saying oh pressure and all the rest of it it got to her. i'm thinking no she was doing everything that she could to, to keep going in that situation you know and next time she's in that situation her body will be used to it will be more prepared for it and i'm sure she'll be fine it was yeah an astonishing performance in every aspect from her and um yeah hopefully she she is well hopefully she's able to develop at the right speed we can't expect too much from her yet because she's still 18 um but equally you know clearly what a talent she is we saw it with coco goff a few years ago when Bruno, she burst on onto the scene as a youngster and she is now in you know ranking top top 20 top 30 in the world um after only a couple of years so you know she's clearly got a lot of talent hopefully she can uh she can progress on because that would be fantastic and also that sounds bad but a fantastic story for britain as a um as a multicultural country, look at her background. You know, Chinese mother, Romanian father, born in Toronto, lives in London now. You know, incredible, um, yeah, incredibly multicultural, diverse background. Yeah. And it's fantastic when we can get behind someone like that because she's representative of so many different aspects of people that come into Britain now. And that's fantastic. And that's a great yeah. thing for the country if she Completely. becomes, you know, yeah. an icon in in that in that sport or someone people yeah. can look at and go look at how great um a diverse yeah. bridge can be so yeah yeah and and she wore her england football shirt for her for her interview her first interview back on tv after the match on goes the england shirt she's on board she predicted the exact same scoreline as the actual game she said 2-1 england it was 2-1 england we're gonna do it <laughs> well and I, I, it's, like everyone's now following her on social media um you know Nike or whoever else did find a way to get to uh, Wembley for the semi-final. So <laughs> Yay. that's what good Rod in Wimbledon can do for you. Um, but the tennis has been really good. Uh, so those finals are coming up this week. Um, Formula One bail. That happened. There was some more stuff in Austria. And my goodness me, is Max Verstappen absolutely running away with it this year? I know, Sam. Why don't you tell me your thoughts on the race? 
<laughs> well, I uh, well, I thought Verstappen drove it very nicely. I've got to say, like, yeah. You know. how, how many overtakes did he do? Oh, enough to get to the front, you know. <laughs> uh, well, he started in pole, led every lap, got the fastest lap, won the race. <laughs> so I mean. he did no overtakes. <laughs> As I said, um, enough to get to the lead. In, but no, it was um, yeah, you know, um, it's is, it is great. It's, I, I, I think uh, Austria, Austria two, return of the Österreich. Um, was uh, very much a story of Lando Norris getting P2 nearly pole position. I think that was the big, uh, the kind of bigger headline of the of the weekend for me. Um, good old Lando. Uh, oh, Lando, yeah. Lando in his McLaren P2, Danny Ricardo in the same McLaren P14. Um, so <laughs> there's definitely eh, there's definitely something wrong there. Um, yeah, I I, I feel. Max is very much um, starting to walk away with it, which I'm very happy about because anything that shuts up Captain Wingy Pants is just exceptional. Um, my, my, um, I mean, Lewis again is going to go in the bin this week, along oh, with no. <laughs> along with Mercedes, May, mainly for um, his kind of hypocrisy because he's oh. he's been begging for years to have equal cars and now there's a car better than his car and he's all wow that car's better than my car i want more upgrades please give me more upgrades so my car quick again um and it's it's quite funny seeing lewis go from oh oh my mercedes is so good and like you know losing the occasional race um, to now losing five on the bounce, the first time he's not won five, like not won a race in five since like 2012 or something stupid like Blimey. that. Um, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's funny where the shoes are on the other foot now, isn't it, Lewis? Mm. Um, which I'm finding very delightful. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's um, also hearing hearing the radio message to Valtteri Bottas of "You're free to race, Lewis." was just a joy to hear that it was sweet, filled, yeah. it filled my heart with pride um that lewis is just being thrown to the wolves and then lana norris <laughs> overtook him which just made me laugh more although lana really should have got p2 was his five second penalty justified mm, probably it was similar to albon being uh punted off by lewis last year um did so, yeah. you like um lewis's uh radio message to lando I thought that was a really. Good I, I thought I thought that was just. I, I didn't. I didn't really see the purpose of that. Oh, he's a great driver, that Lando. Yeah, like forty laps later. Oh, Lando's just overtaking me. Shit. Um, like he wouldn't oh, be. No, he wouldn't be saying that good. then. Oh, he's a good driver, that Lando. Yeah, because he oh. thought he wasn't gonna over, get gonna get overtaken by him. Like, uh, but I he think... could have said it in his head. He could have said it in his head yeah, and he said it out loud. Probably should have. To be honest, I like should've. it. I, th- I think that's just dumb, personally, for me. Like, I just but it was so nice, dumb. because when Lando listened to it back on, on Sky Sports, when they had the interview afterwards, uh, they showed him the clip, and he went, oh, thanks, Lewis, and that sort of, like, sarcastic-y way. Because Lewis has, on social media, sort of bigged up Lando this season as well, when he uh, oh, La- Lando, to, um, Lando is on fire. absolute fire. Now, oh, gotcha. uh, he, is, he is so, unquote, lit right now, um, <laughs> to quote the children. Um, I mean, he's he he's is, a great product as well. He is, I, I think he's very uh, marketable. <laughs> he's outperforming his car. Um, mm. He's he's very much doing a Fernando Alonso when Fernando Alonso was in piles of garbage, um, <laughs> like dragging the like dragging the most out of a car as humanly possible. 
um and that's it's it's really good to see and you know what i like um is where you know sky are incredibly biased towards lewis because oh lewis hamilton the best english driver ever Uh, you know might knock one out and it's like but last there's someone else to get some praise that isn't lewis bloody hamilton and my Mm. god is it refreshing because it was obviously the george russell train for a while um, yeah. which it kind of still is, you know, getting, dragging a Williams into, you know, the top 10 qualifying shootout is a decent achievement because Definitely, that Williams yeah. is garbage. Um, <laughs> it's like driving like a garbage truck and everyone else is in a Ferrari. Um, uh, it is, is a pile of trash. And then, it, I mean, he's got the same thing with Latifi. So George Russell can drag his Williams up to P9 uh, and yeah, Latifi can only drag his Williams to 16th. It's a like, <laughs> well... Well, there's yeah. clearly a golfing class here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Will Will George Russell be in a Mercedes next year? You know yes. what? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, where Bottas will go, I don't know. Well, yeah, that is, that's a very good question. But here's one. Is it possible, and let's hope it is, but question to you, Bell, do you think it's possible that we could have one day a podium of Lewis Hamilton, Lando Norris, and George Russell, all three Brits, on the podium? Well, Lewis has extended his contract with Mercedes for two more years, so of course it's very possible. Um, oh, that's so cool! It's it's been a long time since we've had three drivers from the same country on the podium at the same time. Mm. I want to guess the last time that happened was probably Ralph Schumacher, Michael Schumacher, Nick Heidfeld, or Heinz Harold Frentzen. That sounds I a long think, time ago. <laughs> I think yeah. might have been the last time there were three drivers from the same nation up on the podium. Um right. yeah, and yeah. that's just me like clutching at clutching at straws there. Um yeah, I don't yeah. think there's I don't think there's been ever since like the dawn of Formula One there's been three <laughs> Brits on the podium. because oh, uh, awesome. I, I don't I don't think there's been three Brits good enough at any one time. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. to be up there. Um, mm. So, but Lando's the best. I think his personality is. I mean, George oh, yeah, Russell, his personality isn't quite there, is it? But like, no, Lando's I mean, George, George Russell is like a lanky robot. Um, oh. Whereas, whereas Lando is like, you know, he's he's your bud you went to school with, and exactly. you, you occasionally catch up with him on Discord or like, you know, you watch <laughs> his Twitch stream and he only got like four fans or something. When in actual yeah. fact, he's got like thousands. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah. it's it's refreshing. And it it's it's I think it's really good for the sport because you've got really this good. kind of yeah you've got these kind of meme lords almost coming through. So you've got you know Lando, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, uh, Pierre Gasly, George Russell to an extent. Um, you've got all this youthful exuberance coming uh-huh. up through the ranks, um, uh-huh. and that's that's what the sport needs. It needs that lovely breath of fresh air, as opposed to you know. Um, Kimi Raikkonen's hobby or you know Seb four-time world champion just kind of going to Aston Martin for shits and giggles um, uh-huh. and it's 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 that kind of you know it's that camaraderie between those drivers I mean I'll fling Max in there as well because obviously he streams on Twitch sometimes um, huh. and like hangs out with those guys but you've you've got that kind of like nice little youth core where they've all kind of gone through um the junior formulas together or within like a couple yeah. of years of each other um that there's less kind of you know nico rosberg versus lewis hamilton era where we don't talk to each other grr exactly um, and it's exactly. it's more it's more a bit fun 
And that's, oh, that's so much what, more fun. That's what F1 needed. It needed yeah. that injection of fun. And yeah, I think. Well, like the... Oh, go oh, on, sorry. go on, Reese. After you. And I was going to say the, the ba- it's a terrible word, but like the banter that, that like say Lando had with Science when they were on the same team, oh. the banter that he's now having with Ricardo, the banter Almost he the banter still that has Max with Carlos, well. the banter yeah, he still exactly. has with him. I think that is a really refreshing because yes, there's a lot of people that just watch it from lights out to end, switch off. But for people that don't, and I think we should try to encourage people to watch the other bits around it, we need personalities off. And I think, again, it's a terrible word to use, but Lewis doesn't get involved in the banter. He's got such an eye for the prize. that He doesn't just... But, like, there's so much more fun else in... There's, there's fun elsewhere. And I think also Lando was a little bit steely because, you know, Sky were very, like, positive when they interviewed him. He's like, you got a podium, that's fantastic. And Lando came back and went, oh, I'm disappointed it's not second. And it's like... There we go. We've got we've got Steely Lando as well. That was great to see. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. And and all all credit to McLaren for getting their car from, you know, the the realm of dumpster trash that it was uh when they first got the Honda engine and I was I, I knew that was a mistake as soon as they did it. And uh-huh. they just went backwards. I was just like, oh, my boys, Jensen and Fernando. It was the dream team of excellence. And now you're just battling for 12th. It's like, Ugh. <laughs> and now, And now it's like, you know, yeah, you're seeing the McLarens, the papaya resurgence. You're seeing yeah. them, you know, have flashy, fun liveries at Monaco. Zach yeah. Brown is a breath of fresh air with his breakfasts in the morning that he always keeps talking about <laughs> whenever he has a meeting. It's always at bloody breakfast. I would love to have breakfast with Zach Brown. You know what? I bet he'd say yes. If yes. I was just like, hey, Zach, do you want some breakfast? He'd be like, yeah, I'll bring the bacon. You bring some eggs. It's like, you know, that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want from a team principal. Not, you know, Captain, well, I'm I'm Toto Wolf and, you know, Mercedes, my MG. Well, it's just like, you need the contrast, though, because you need the Emperor. And I think, as I said, when I watched that Netflix. <laughs> need the Emperor. But when I watched that so, Netflix so uh, is. series. <laughs> behind Palpatine. the scenes yeah he is but i think that's quite cool because he because he is so steely and the thing is the sort of the rivalry in the paddock like everybody hates mercedes and, and that's kind of the cool thing that you, you know if you're hated or like not liked it, it that means you probably are doing a few things right and you're almost that jealousy is like oh they, they just keep us so you need but, characters and almost toto's a character in himself uh, as well i'll tell you what it's like your, your parent your parents have an argument and that's red bull and mercedes and then you go and hang out with your fun uncle at mclaren he's just like Wah! Yeah. um yeah. but yeah it's it, it, the the championship uh is very much in uh is like heating up we're not even halfway through yet and it's like everyone's all oh max has already won the championship it's like no he hasn't there's like another like 12, 13 races to go. And obviously Australia now has been cancelled, so it's probably more like 11. Um, but it's it's, it's going to be... come as well. Yeah, that's that's at Silverstone next time out. The first time the new qualifying format will happen. That's not this weekend coming, the weekend after. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes down. I think personally it's a bit weird, but I'll give it a go, see what it's like. Um, at least they're only ruining three races with it potentially, so it's fine. Um, Just jump the gun there. <laughs> yeah, so you so you've got um, so you've got basically a half race, which is the sprint race, and then uh, a regular one as well. But yeah, it's I'm I'm intrigued, but well, obviously I'll report on that after Silverstone yeah. in two weeks' time for you, Sam. There you go, nice. F1. So it's it getting there. It's looking fun. Whoop de whoop. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, I'm conscious there's 
expected this pod to go on a bit longer because again euros is coming home etc etc but um (laughs) shall i do one of my 45 second splurges because we've got um do you want me to get the the timer out go for it because there's two i'm on 45 from last time all right we're we're ready to we're ready to go sam (laughs) and this is a bit of a covid update as well oh god don't tell me you've got covid no, no, I'm not, but these two I'm negative. Very I'm negative. Right? I mean, is, is that your mentality or is that your test result? Wee. No, <laughs> no, I'm the opposite. I'm positive. I'm trying to be positive. Oh, my God, you're positive? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I just wanted I'm to negative. drop that in. <laughs> oh. Anyway, right. Get your timer ready, mate. Yeah, I'm ready. Just count me in when you want to start. Um, well, I'll uh, sip my gas problem, then I'll go. Oh, for goodness sake. If you legit have Gazprom, you're banned from this podcast. <laughs> no, I don't. But given it's uh, Wimbledon, I'm drinking Robinson squash, so you know. I'm All right, banned. acceptable. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one, talk. So, two big bits of COVID news in rugby and cricket this week. The first is the Lions tour in South Africa. Um, they had to change five players of the team they're meant to play uh, on Wednesday against the Sharks because one player tested positive um, and management did as well. Um, their opposition, South Africa and Georgia, are meant to be playing a game. They've both had cases. Um, another provincial provincial team's got cases. Basically, uh, that tour is very uh, much on the edge due to COVID cases. But the Lions have played so far, and the games they have done have looked really good. And one and Owen Farrell's been great. And the other thing is the uh, cricket. England playing Pakistan in one-day internationals had to name an entire different squad at three days' notice because three players and four management got COVID. Uh, And that new team beat Pakistan by nine wickets today. You were two two seconds over, but I'll I'll accept that. I accidentally accidentally had my timer set to 45 minutes, so (laughs) I had to kind of do the math in my head there real quick. (laughs) 10 out of 10 for Uh, me. But yeah, rugby in cricket, almost just a reminder that as much as certainly in the UK, everyone's been like, it's opening up, all the rest of it. COVID is uh, very much still a thing we've got to be wary of. And um, yeah, the entire cricket team having to, well, some of them testing positive and then everyone being de- close enough contacts to have to isolate. That Yeah, from scratch, they had to pick an entirely new full squad <laughs> for a series. Is um yeah, not not a great situation, but fair play to the players that came in five debutants and um, England won comfortably. So there we go. Um, right, shall we do the toolbox? But before that, Bale, you wanted to do yes, chat of the week. I w- I want to introduce this week for one week only. Maybe it might come back. The gl- best thing I've ever come up with, which is chat of the week. Who has been worthy of chat this week? Well, worthy of Chad this week um, is former Arsenal goalkeeper, now Aston Villa goalkeeper, Emmy Martinez. Now, the reason Emmy Martinez deserves to be Chad of the week um, is mainly uh, because he he goaded the absolute hell out of, uh, I think it was a Colombian footballers um, at the, yeah. uh, whatever it was, Copper America uh, penalty shootout they had. Uh, Argentina versus Colombia and he was he was absolutely shit talking the hell out of these out of these players before they came up to do a penalty and it, then he goes and bloody saves it and then hip thrusts into an empty crowd <laughs> which is the best baller move I've ever seen and the the speed of the cut 
of the cameraman to get away yeah. from a gigantic hip thrust yeah, <laughs> you just kind of caught it but then on the extra replay it was longer so you probably saw slow-mo hip thrust and for me <laughs> emmy martinez has to be chad of the week agreed agreed some mega mega saves in that shit out and uh, <laughs> he is yeah. an absolute chad what a lad mm. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would would be a lad again yeah um so yeah so if anyone else has any suggestions for chat of the week there can only be one every week um mm. because otherwise it will get too long um so yeah if <laughs> you if you love this if you think anyone's been a chad let us know um i don't think we still have, don't have a twitter or anything so just send it to sam yeah at sam limbert 10 um yeah, and the obviously previous weeks could have easily been thomas muller for winking at cameras during anthems fairly a slightly chad move um but yeah <laughs> otherwise shall we do some uh some toolbox noms yeah yeah i mean to be honest how many this week would be john McEnroe, who we've already put in because uh have a yeah. have a bong. Absolute, no absolute, heart. Absolute helmet. Um, did not enjoy that bit of coverage at all from John McEnroe. Um, then just the rugby administrators who thought, no, we're going to plough ahead and do the uh, Lions tour in South Africa when they had the option of doing it with crowds in the UK. The situation still isn't perfect in the UK at it's better than it would have been in South Africa and uh, all the teams that are involved in the matches at the moment having players test positive not a great look so uh, I, yeah that hasn't quite worked out so whoever kind of made the ultimate decision on that probably needs to go into that as well uh, Reese, do you have anyone you never have anyone for the toolbox you're too positive again this week I'm I, yeah, I, I, we're having a good I'm having a good time of it like it's I, there's not really yeah I'm now I'm watching all these games and just embracing it although I think it's probably more than a tool, toolbox nomination, but obviously the unfortunate incident with the laser pen, that guy's a tool. Yes. That girl, guy or girl is a tool and probably needs to be in the bin. So No, no, I'll no. Have to probably put they are that. dirt. Goodbye, dirt! Yeah. Yes, that is, that is completely true. They absolutely that, that is the a... complete anti-Chad. <laughs> yes. Yep. Otherwise, Ooh. I'm good. Oh, nice. great. Uh, Bale, anyone for the toolbox? Uh, Lewis for being a whingy bitch, as usual. There you go. Easy standard. Um, has anyone else been a bit of a knob? Um, no. It's all been good. Yeah, I don't think. feel like there's been that many this week. Um, We're having a good time. We're having a good time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, think, I don't think I've got anyone else, actually. Okay, I mean, I could cool. put Novak Djokovic in there, but I think he already is because he's. Oh, a bit mate, of, he's, he's, he's a Hall of Tool, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. proper Hall of Tool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just, just too positive at the moment. In that case, let's go to the quiz box. Quiz bong. So I was doing a quiz this week because uh, we did the England Germany game from 2001 last week and surprised myself with my uh, niche knowledge of England wingers from that time especially left wingers I uh, never knew that that bit of, bit of knowledge I had on Nick Barnby was going to come through but um, I forgot I was doing a quiz so I came up with this just as we were about to start recording um, we're approaching the Euro final so I thought you know what I'm going to be lame and take the same format as last week um, and we are going to do uh, the last final um of the Euros, which was Portugal, France in 2016. Mm. 
the good old celeb ref, Mark Klassenberg, was referee. Oh. So I want any of the starting players and any of the subs that came on from Portugal versus France in 2016 in the Euros final. Okay. Do you remember what... <laughs> it's just the two of you, so it's just a shoot-off. Oh, yeah. God. Do you remember watching that game, Bale? Uh, I, I loosely remember watching it and then thinking, damn you, Portugal, you are scum. Because they got yeah. a Jebby goal, as usual. France um, have won so many tournaments in their day. Oh, I mean, France yeah. always blow it, it. it. It was Portugal won France nil in Paris um, with a goal in extra time for Portugal to win it. Uh, I still can't believe that the uh, refereeing team was all English. Even the uh, additional assistant referees were Anthony Taylor and Andre Mariner. Wow. Astonishing yeah. scenes. Anyway, we're not naming referees, we're naming players. So, uh, who's, Bale, who's, go who's going first? Oh, am I going first? Yeah, uh, first? Well, let's go for the obvious one. Cristiano Ronaldo. That is true. But he did go off after 25 minutes. Didn't he get injured? Yes, didn't he did, he? yeah. yeah. But, uh, he is obviously correct. So, Reese. Uh The moth that landed on Ronaldo. <laughs> do you guys remember that they kept the, they turned the lights on overnight and they were infested by moths which was the worst decision france ever made i'm happy to accept that as an answer i mean i'm not but i'll, I'll let you have another go <laughs> all right i'll have another go <laughs> i'll go with uh hugo Lloris. that is correct whoop, uh, so that's both captain is that the sound there? of the um I'd, I'd assume pepe would have been there he was, mug. and he was, in fact, man of the match, which tells you all you need to know about oh, that game. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, uh, race. Olivier Giroud. Correct. One big, sexy Frenchman. Um, would it have been um, uh, Patricio still in goal for Portugal? Patricio was indeed in goal, yes. Oh, big boy. Ooh-hoo. He also uh, got, he he got booked in 120 plus three, so that was some <laughs> sweet ass time wasting he was doing there. Absolutely, <laughs> that is good. Um, I'm gonna go for uh, Antoine Griezmann. Antoine Griezmann is correct. Bale. Uh, I'm trying to th- see. Port- Portugal are not very strong with, so I think I'm gonna avoid them until I need them. Um. Didn't Koscielny play in that game, like in his last game for France or something? Laurent Koscielny, he was indeed a centre-half for France. That is a shout. Wow, well, that's correct. Big boy. Race. I am going to go for the famous goal scorer, Edair. Edair, he came off the bench, that is correct. <sighs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> there is some. I'll be honest. There are some random players to play in a Euro final in this team. Oh, Paul Pogba! Surely Pogba, Pogba was just forced yes. into a team. Pogba was there. That is correct, Reese. Right. This is getting a little bit trickier. Um, God, because France left and right backs—they're a bit random, aren't they? There's plenty of players you know, but it's, a, mm-hmm. it's all a bit random. Well, I wouldn't back it. And I, I disagree with this decision, but did Sissoko get on the pitch? Musa Sissoko, yeah, he started. So. Oh, God, that's why they lost. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> Bale. Mm. I'm trying to think of... Because it wouldn't have been Pavard, 
because Pavard no. only came through at the World Cup, yeah. so it wouldn't have been him. Who the hell no. would have been before Howard Pavard? Um, no bloody clue. Um, oh, oh, I think he's French um, because he's got a funny name, Um Titi. <laughs> so I'm say wow. Um Titi. Samuel Um Titi. <laughs> Please say I'm right. I'll be oh. so banter. He was alongside Laurent Koscielny. He played, <laughs> yes. yes. Titty goal. Titty goal. Samuel and Titi. Damn it. Right. <laughs> oh, what a oh. shout. Ayla's pulling out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing else, though. I just wanted to say I'm going to go with a very random shout, which he was the number 10 before Mbappe. Gignac or Gignac? Andre Pierre Gignac. Came off the bench. That is correct. Oh my Come God, Reese! Jesus! <laughs> oh my God! What number a ten for France? Unbelievable! Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I mean, there's there's still there's plenty of players right. you know still on these lists. Who is French? What what year was this game? 2014? Twenty fourteen. Twenty sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, surely Anthony Martial was about. Surely, Anthony maybe it's like Martial. a sub. You're absolutely correct. He snuck <gasps> off the bench with 10 minutes to go in extra time. Yeah, oh, gosh. Martial is correct. Oh, my so God. Reese. I just wow. came in there. That's, that I'm, good. I'm running low now. Oh, God. I don't want to. Do I gamble on Portuguese players? There's a couple of hilarious ones in Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for Moutinho. Jean Martinio, yes, he came off the bench as well. We're doing very well on the benches. <laughs> God knows who bloody played in these games. Um, Martinio is correct, so bail. All right, I'm struggling now. I've I've got I've got a name in my head, but I thought he retired from international duty. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know if I want to risk it or not because he's the only name I've got at the moment. <laughs> Would you want to go for it? Oh fuck it! I'm I'm going to go for Johan Kabai. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> he's the only Frenchman oh, I can remember. <laughs> Johan Kabai, that is a bit too rogue, unfortunately. He didn't play. No! Oh. Oh. Um, but you're back in if, if Reese gets this wrong. So, Reese, you've got to Was get he not right on the it. bench or something? I don't know if he oh. was on the bench or not, but he didn't make it on the field. Oh, so. piff. Right. Well, <laughs> so, Reese, you've rung a Premier League bell there. I, I tried. Just thought I went in. Of Dimitri Payet. Dimitri Payet? Yeah? No? It's a fantastic shout. He started the game. Oh, <laughs> no. I'll oh, get in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> he scored that blinding goal on the opening day. That's what I just pictured in my head. He did. Oh, he did. Yes. So that is correct. So that is a victory for Reese. Yeah, thank you. But you got to bring... <laughs> so... Right, I want to Google this. I want to see if Johan Kabai was anywhere near this team. Hang on. He, he might have been. So let me just fill in on the rest of the team. So France, we had Larice in goal, which you got. The right back for France, you were, no one really went there. You'll both kick yourself because it was uh, a good old cheese for oh. himself, Bakary Sanya. Sanya. Oh, big back and sack. Oh, the man. The big back, crack and sack was at right back. Um, then it was Koscielny, Umtiti, and then the left back as well. Evra. Patrice Evra. No, he was. Was he it's still he was playing? He was, still he was four hundred years old. Yeah, he was. He was still there. Then midfield, we got, got Sissoko, got Pogba, got Payet. The other midfielder we missed was Blaise Matuidi. 
Oh, what a great first <laughs> name, Blaze. Yeah. Then, uh, Griezmann and Giroud, uh, Gignac and Martial off the bench. And the final bench player was Kingsley Coman, who came oh, on. Oh, Kingsley the Coman. I would have thought he'd now, be too young. Oh, well. The uh, the Portuguese, um, the only player off the bench we missed, so we had Martinho and Adair, was Ricardo Caresma. He was still yeah. knocking around. Um, I'm going to go in reverse for the <laughs> Portuguese team, and you'll see why. Um, so right. You've got Ronaldo. Uh, you missed Nani. Nani was... Yeah, I was thinking, oh, was it too long ago? Bloody well, Nani. Xiao yeah, um, Mario was the, was up, was uh, on the wing. Then you had Adrian Silva, who's the guy who went to Leicester and was barely kicked the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Renato Sanchez. Yeah, um, he's always there. around. William Carvalho. Um, oh, the, yeah. the left back was Rafael Guerrero. Um, centre-half Pepe you got. The other one, Jose Font from Southampton. Oh, yeah. Classic. I forgot he existed. Um, very Patricio in goal, and the right back was, of course, Cedric Suarez. No, no, <laughs> Cedric, Cedric Suarez has a European <laughs> Championship winner's medal. He does, Fuck and he played me. the whole game. Shit, okay. shit off. No, he didn't. You're lying to me, <laughs> Cedric. 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 Hell. <laughs> How did Portugal do yeah. it? Oh my god, clearly because they had Cedric on the pitch. <laughs> oh, Maybe that's the last game Edu watched. Like, yeah, exactly. This went, oh, he's a European Championship winner. Well, that's that's the only game Kia Jurabjian has on DVD of Cedric Suarez, and that's wow. what he shows to everyone. Because look, he won the Euros. And he didn't concede and, uh, a goal, so clearly the best player. And somehow that got him a four-year contract. But there we go. You know. <laughs> that was the last. Yeah. That was the last I, I've, I've looked. I've looked. I've googled the teams. Johan Kabai was on the bench. Oh no! But he didn't make Didier it on the pitch. Oh. Didier is dumby dirty. As was N'Golo Kante. So like, why wasn't those. he playing? That's yeah. crazy. And they have Musa Sissoko on the field. That's Christ. funny. Wow! Crikey. There we go. Well, there you there go. We, we go. learned something new. Yeah, so that was, but that was the last Euro final. And my goodness me, that seems like a long time ago because it was. It was five years. Um, but Port, that Portugal team will finally be replaced as the holders of that of that trophy um, on Sunday. So uh, yeah, plenty to look forward to. Um, do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. All of that shebang. Um, <laughs> drop us a review. Uh, drop us a tweet if you're bored. Um, and we'll, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see you on the other side of the final. So, always left for me to say is thank you to Reese Morgan. Southgate, you're the one. <laughs> thank you to James Bale. Will Griggs on fire. Your defence is terrified. Will Griggs on fire. Ooh. We'll speak to you next week on the Sports Box Podcast.